wonderful, wonderful time we've had this morning. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, our worship team has just been blessing, um, blessing our church so much. And uh, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged today. And it's so good to see so many of you in God's house. Mark and Iris, man, awesome to see you guys. Jada, yeah, hi, Mia, and mom's here. Great to see you guys. Are you guys still in Arizona? Yeah? All right. Yes, I love it. They brought some of that humidity with them and some of that heat. Uh, thanks for being with us, guys. God bless you guys. Great to see you guys. And everyone else, uh, we want you to know that you are at home today. If you've chosen to make Mission Ebenezer your home or not, maybe you're still waiting and you're trying to see, like, maybe is this the church I want to be at? I don't know what else there is to think about, but, you know, I hope today the Lord tugs on your heart and you make this your home. Amen? Amen. Somebody going to clap with that brother, sister. Don't leave them by that. Don't leave them alone. Today, um, I just want to share really from my heart. Uh, what the Lord has put uh, and given me to share with you today that he's blessed me with. Uh, I'll tell you, when we come up, the Lord blesses us, your pastors. The Lord speaks to us, your pastors. The Lord convicts us as well. And I want to say something about that. When you feel convicted about something, you know, we immediately feel bad, right? We start to, like, put guilt on ourselves you know, I started thinking the other day, Lord, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel guilty. You're not putting this on me. If he convicts us about something, it's because he's just getting our attention. He, it's like mom and dad saying, hey, come here, boy. Are you listening? Do you get what I'm saying? Right? My, my mom, actually, my dad, my dad would sometimes say, <laughs> he would just threaten me with the belt. Okay? All he would do is put his hand on his buckle. Overas el cinto. That's all he would say. That's just like the Lord. When we get convicted, it's because we know better, right? So don't sit there and beat yourself up. If you get convicted about something, say, okay, Lord, I know I got to straighten this out, right? Let's get on it. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Let's grow from this. Okay, that's a new one, too, that I'm trying to do. Okay, Lord, I want to grow from this, right? So if you're going to clap for the Lord, please don't, don't, don't give it just... Halfway. I've been with some of you at the baseball games. Okay? Some of you gone with me to see concerts. And I'm not talking about Christian concerts. Okay? <laughs> so we're going to give it up to the Lord. I want you to give it up for real. I want you to cheer. I want you to do you. All right? Listen, the days are not going to get easier. If you're reading God's word, if you're a reader of God's word, if you're a student of God's word, you already know. You already know what's coming. It's not going to get easier. Some people believe, and that's fine. With, don't, I'm not going to get into that argument today. But some folks believe that Jesus is going to come back and take us all away before all the bad stuff happens. I ain't never seen that happen in my life. I've never seen it happen in God's word where he says, no, come here. Let me just take you out of this mess that you got yourself into. 
right? And just, you know, have us avoid all the heartache and pain. Okay, I, I haven't. There's times where, yeah, the Lord, you know, reaches down and he helps us out, right? Absolutely. I'm not denying that. But I, I'm telling you, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. And what we have to do right now, what we have to do for ourselves is start to think about, Lord, what is going to be my response in this time that we're living in? I can't sit around and just wait and see if something comes down into my mind, into my heart and, you know, speak up against this, against that. We have to prepare our minds and our hearts now. Okay. You can't just sit around and be comfortable and take it easy and coast. We can't just hit the cruise control button, right? You know, I kind of get annoyed with the cruise control button. I'm just, this is a little bit of a side. Honestly, it's so hard to use it. Even when you're driving down the eight, the 10, in the middle of the desert, wherever you're at, because you're always going to have somebody slowing it down and you have to hit that decel button, right? You have a accelerate button, which is nice. And then you have a decelerate button. Man, so I, most of the time I just turn it off. I'm like, this thing, I'm just constantly pushing this up and down because I got people all over the place on all the lanes. It's like we all forget how to drive. Left lane is for the fast folks. Get out of the way. That's not me, okay? That's not me. I like to just cruise. I like to just cruise. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, you know, it's a bummer that we got away from wooden podiums because I was about to say, I haven't had a speeding ticket in a while, but I got no like wooden podium to knock out right now. Okay, seriously though, let's get back to what I want to share with you, okay? I have to like, you know, I have to do stuff and say things to kind of break the ice a little bit because some of you forgot your coffee this morning. You're looking at me like you're mad already. It's, you know, that look is a little intimidating, but it's all good. I love you anyways. This morning in God's word, if you have your Bibles, I'd like, to op- I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 27. On Wednesday nights, uh, if you haven't been here on Wednesday nights, I'm going to tell you you're missing out. You're missing, right? You're missing out. Um, we've been going through the book of Acts. Pastor Koba... Pastor Josh, Pastor Frank, Pastor Caesar, uh, Pastor Malvin, who else? Pastor Jorge, I believe, has been up there. Uh, our own Enoch Jimenez, has, who was up here emceeing, has been up here teaching on Wednesday nights. Uh, myself, and we've been having fun in God's Word. We've been going through God's Word. We've been having fun. If you're missing out on Wednesdays, I want to encourage you. I know some of us have work. I know we got life going on, but I want to encourage you to make it out. Amen? Before we get into God's word, I just want to get some thoughts into our minds as we prepare to dive into the scripture. We don't li- live any longer. And if we don't live in times and in days that are just, like I was saying, easy for us to be cruising, to be on cruise control, to be on steady mode, to be on laid back, I'm just going to take it easy type of Christianity, disciples, students of Jesus. We're living in days that are very challenging to our faith. 
Maybe for some of us, we just kind of look at it as no big deal. It's just life, but it's not just life. I truly believe that our Lord is trying to get our attention as his church and as his people. I truly believe that he wants us to be ready for what is coming our way. I don't believe that everything should be going back to normal as it was before. I truly believe that God is challenging us, waking us up, calling us to open our minds and our hearts and our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual hearts, our spiritual minds to prepare ourselves for the challenges ahead. I really enjoyed what Pastor Koba said last week because too many times we, we hear Pastor sugarcoating, making it sound good. Why? Because we just want to fill our churches. But I really enjoyed what he said last week when he said, if you're not going through something, you probably are going to go through something. Because we just know that that's life and that's the way it is. And sometimes it gets so difficult that our first instinct is to get out of it, to want to get out of it, to ask God to get us out of it. I know plenty of times in my own experiences, every time I found myself facing hardship, facing a difficult time in my life, my first instinct is to ask God to get me out of it. How many times have we started out our prayers? Lord, get me out of this. I see cell phones going up too this morning. <laughs> Lord, get me out of this. Got yourself in that mess. Get yourself out. No, but it's okay to call upon the Lord. Absolutely. But I want to challenge you this morning to ask the Lord first, before you ask him to get you out of it, to say and ask him, Lord, what are you trying to get my attention on? Lord, what are you trying to teach me during this situation and during this time? I'm obviously here for a reason. You have a purpose for this in my life. Use that opportunity to build your faith. Use that opportunity to be stronger in Jesus Christ. When the pandemic first hit and we started getting hit with all the news, I still remember I was in Arizona visiting family. When I started to see something that was going on in China and I was just like, oh, wow. And I kind of just ignored it thinking, ah, it's no big deal, right? But then once the wave hit us and as we started to try to navigate those waters, right, trying to see what was going to happen, what we were going to do. Schools started to shut down. All these things started happening. You know, fear began to like set in to many of our hearts and in our minds. And many times in life storms, we allow fear, panic, doubt. Have you ever been around somebody that panics at the first sign of trouble? That's frustrating. And, and I, I, it's, it's just like, man, take a deep breath, right? Hey, just breathe. Sister Jackie this week was speaking to our staff. And if you're looking for a health coach, she's right here, okay? I'm not kidding. Certified, licensed health coach. So she was speaking to our entire staff. We're all here. And one of the things she walked us through was just learning how to breathe sometimes. Learning how to take a deep breath. If I ask you to do that right now, some of you are just going to hold it in. 
Some of you ain't just gonna, you're just gonna turn blue on me. So I'm not gonna ask you to do that. I did that a few weeks back and people were just like, oh, I don't know if I wanna do that. Have you been at the bank? Have you been in line at CVS? And somebody starts coughing, somebody starts sneezing. I have allergies. I said this, I said this last week in our Spanish service. I have allergies and there's days that I forget or I don't take my Claritin. I am not promoting it, by the way. I use all kinds of different allergy medicines. <laughs> and I'll start sneezing up a storm in the middle of the store. And all of a sudden I get all these looks. People thinking this guy's sick. That sounds like a COVID sneeze. Ain't that true? We begin to freak out and worry about things we need not be worrying about. We allow that stuff to creep in and just consume us. One of the things that we were concerned with, I'm speaking for me and my family, wasn't so much, because we, we got hit right at the beginning of the whole thing. We got hit hard when they weren't even testing. I remember calling my doctor trying to get an appointment or something. No, don't, don't come near the hospital. Don't come near the office. <laughs> I don't even think he was at the hospital. He was probably talking to me from home. Kaiser does that now. You know, they do video calls. They, you know, most of the time they just reply back in an email. It's not even the doctor. It's one of the nurses, right? It's okay. As long as we get good advice, that's fine. But I still remember sitting there and them asking me a bunch of questions. Yes, yes, yes to all these symptoms. Can you breathe? I'm yes. <laughs> I'm okay right now. All right, you're fine. Don't come near the office and don't come near the hospital if you're okay. If you're fine, just stay home. But I remember the fear of not knowing what was going to happen. I remember the concern and the worry that was beginning to set in. Especially because they locked me up in the bedroom and said, don't come out. And I'm sitting there having these weird, psychedelic nightmares. And I'm like, man, I had never even used those kinds of drugs. You guys didn't even get that, huh? Those kinds, right? But it was ugly. And our biggest concern, at least for us, was that we didn't want to go around our, our older parents for worry, right, that we might infect them. That was one of our biggest concerns, really. And then my youngest has asthma, so we didn't know how this would affect, you know, if, we, if he caught it. We didn't know what was going to happen. He's, he's, thankfully, he's now, like the doctors say, growing out of it. I just believe God's healing him from it. But yeah, I do believe that God is doing a work in his lungs, and his body. Um, and poor Mijo, he got the bad end of the allergies. The other two don't even have allergies, but little Logan, man, he just, every morning, the 10 to 15 sneezes at, at wake-up time. Matter of fact, that's his alarm. <laughs> and that's our alarm. Logan's awake, you know, and the sneezes come, boom, boom, boom. But once he's got them out, they're done. But that worry was there, that concern was there, that we could possibly be carrying something that would infect my father-in-law, who at the time had just had an open heart surgery, who's in his 70s, 
Or if we went to visit my parents in Arizona for a while, that my 80-something and 90-something-year-old dad, mom, would, you know, catch something from us. It was a concern and a worry we had that we were taking extra measures for ourselves because we always thought, what if we are carrying something? What if we have something inside that we can pass on to somebody else? Any of you feel that way sometimes? My challenge today, my challenge today, because some of the things that we carry spiritually is really what we should mostly be concerned about as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. What am I a carrier of? Am I a carrier of fear? Am I a carrier of doubt? Do you follow what I'm saying? Am I one that is carrying these things and spreading this negativity to others? So my question today is, what are you and I carrying? Are we spreading fear? Are we spreading panic? Are we spreading the things that can cause others then to not be able to focus on what God is doing in their lives? On what God could be doing in their lives? Are you tracking with me? Do you, are you really tracking with me this morning? Because really, you and I, we can be super spreaders of that fear. You and I can be super spreaders of panic and doubt in our lives. But God has called us to be carriers of hope. You follow me? God has called you and I to be carriers of his love. God has called us to be the carriers of Jesus of all that he is for you and I and for the world, the hope of the world, the light of the world, the love of the world. That's what Jesus has called us to be carriers and spreaders of. Many times in our lives, if you've been in a storm, not a natural disaster storm, but just a spiritual storm, raise your hand this morning. We're not alone, right? Many of us have been in storms. And the first instinct, the first instinct, listen to this, is for us to want to get out, right? I've never been in a hurricane. I've been in a monsoon storm. I've been in earthquakes. Neither of those are fun. <laughs> But we have been blessed to be able to live to tell about them some of us right the storms of life can be pretty heavy and pretty difficult to navigate in acts chapter 27 we read about a story where the apostle paul finds himself on a ship and god has already ordained already planned for him to be in Rome, to make it to Italy. And a storm starts to rise up. And he knew better, and he even advised against the travel. Have any of us ever been advised not to do something? Somebody said all the time. <laughs> Have we been told... I don't think you should do that right now. I don't think you should date this person. I think you... <laughs> I, was like, 
We're telling on ourselves, huh? Hmm. I don't think you should be out this late, right? Man, I used to get so, I'd be out with my friends, and I'd come home, and you know what really would get to me? I'd, I'd come into my room, and my mom would be there praying. Man, you talk about conviction, right? Anyways, I don't even know why I even brought that up. But I think that was like her way of saying, I told you not to be out this late, right? It's like, okay. <laughs> My mom was a prayer warrior. She had callous knees, man. I'll tell you. She could spend... I, I'm on my knees for a few minutes with the boys wrestling. And all right, I got to get up, guys. My knees are hurting. This is like embarrassing. I don't even know if many of us know what it's like to pray on our knees anymore. The storm starts to rage. The winds start to blow. The waves start to rise. And they find themselves in the middle of this storm like many of us. Maybe some of us this morning find ourselves in a storm. And maybe that storm is just starting to brew and it's starting to pick up. And it's on the horizon for some of us. But I want you to follow with me what happens here in chapter 27 of the book of Acts. Are you with me? Verse 23. Chapter 27, verse 23. Look what it says. So they're in the storm. Everybody there? Okay, now are you mentally there? Spiritually there? They're in the middle of the storm. They're in the middle of the storm. It's raging around them. It is going crazy. I, I wish we were in that Disneyland ride right now. You know, the one that you would kind of pretend like you were on a plane. I think it was at California Adventure, and I think they took it out. I'm not sure. I haven't been back in years. But all of a sudden, it would smell like the citrus orchards of Orange County. Or, you know, you'd be flying over the beach, and it would smell, and they would even mist you, right? I wish I had a mister right now to at least pretend like we're in that storm. But look at what happens. Verse 23. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong. This is Paul speaking. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong. Okay. Who do you belong to this morning? Who do you belong to this morning? Okay. Even if you're doubting that you belong, I want you to say that. I belong to God. Right? Even if you don't believe it, even if you don't feel him, even if you're thinking, I've never seen him, pastor, I've never felt him. Let me tell you, he's there and he's with you, right? In the middle of the storm, he is there and he is with you. And sometimes he even sends his angels just for a little extra. Hey, that, that, our God is a little extra sometimes, okay? When he says the angels are with you, you better believe that he's with you too. And it says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong. Are you following with me? And whom I serve, look at this, stood, where did he stand? It says, stood beside me. The next time you're going through a storm and you're worried about something, go to this passage. 
And just remind yourself, Lord, I know you're standing with me. Lord, I know you're right here with me right now. I made this mess. I created this storm. But I know you're standing with me anyhow. Right? And then what else does it say? And he said to me, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You can insert your name right there if you want where it says Paul. Do not be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar. You track, you following with me? And God has graciously given you the lives, he says. Watch this. He has given you the lives of all who sail with you. He didn't say some would be rescued. He didn't say only you're going to be rescued, Paul, because we know you're on our side. You're, a, you're of the way. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a follower of my son, so I'm going to rescue you. No, he says... All the lives who sail with you will be saved. Isn't that amazing? Isn't just that like our Lord? Right? But I like how he says that the angel tells him, do not be afraid. I'm sure Paul's fear was beginning to stir up in his heart. And he was probably even starting to question, Lord, are you here? We're about to die. We are about to die. And then he says, so keep your courage. I like that. I like that. He says, so keep your courage. In Spanish, in Spanish it says, animo. Everybody say, animo. Keep your courage. When we're going through life storms, when we're battling the storms of life, when things start to get messy, when things start to get ugly, he's saying to you and I this morning, keep your courage. Stand up. Don't bow down. Don't back out. Keep your courage. I'm on the boat with you. You know what's so cool? When Jesus was on the boat, when the disciples were on their boat and they found themselves in the middle of that storm, some people have said, oh, Jesus didn't even care. He was asleep. It's not that he didn't care. It's not that he didn't care. The same way that you and I sometimes feel like we're in the middle of the storm. Jesus is saying, ain't no reason to worry. There is no reason to be afraid. I'm the one that created all this. I'm the one that called it all into place. And you know what's so cool about that passage? It's found in Mark chapter 4. Just write it down. We don't have to read it right now. But you know what's so cool about that passage? Mark chapter 4. I thought this was the most amazing thing. When he got up, and I don't know about you, but when somebody wakes me up from a nap, Unless it's Logan. You know what Logan does? He comes over and he'll give me like a really soft kiss. And then he'll say, I wake up, Daddy, how was your nap? And you know, I want to get upset. <laughs> and I'm like, it was good, but it was good. Yeah, exactly. Too short. Can you imagine? Jesus wakes up. It's no wonder he got frustrated at them. Oh, ye of little faith. He started telling them all kinds of stuff, right? I think it was just because they woke him up from his nap. But check out what he did. He didn't just say, he didn't just calm the waters like, all right, everybody, peace, be still, calm down. He told the storm to be quiet. God, our Lord and Savior, 
Our Heavenly Father has given you and I the same, the same resource in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's given us the same power to tell the storms, to tell that voice in our head that brings guilt, that brings shame to you and I sometimes when that conviction comes. That same voice that keeps telling us, you ain't going to make it through this storm. I'm going to devour you. This wave, this wind is going to devour you. He has given you and I that same ability to say, shut up, storm. Shut up, devil. Get out of my head. Get out of my heart. The next time that storm starts to rage, before you, tell it to shut up and calm down and get out of the way. If my boys were here, they'd be up back there going, Dad said, shut up. But I told them, there's times when you can say, shut up. <laughs> and that's definitely one of those times. Amen? I love it. He tells the storm to shut up. But the biggest thing is that he was still there with them. He was right there by their side. And he is right there with you and I by our side. We are not alone. Amen. Jump with me to Acts 27 verse 30 now. And this was cool. I always say it's cool because it is. To me, it's like the coolest thing. God's word, I just love the way it jumps out at me and at us. And so I have fun with it. And he says in verse 30, in an attempt, in an attempt. I like that phrase because sometimes we attempt, right? We try to do things. I've been trying to finish my boys clubhouse for I don't know how many years now. And now we're like at 80% done. There's a few little trimmings and some paint that needs to go on it. If it was up to me, it would have just been a skeleton. Like three boys they are going to thrash it up anyways. Okay, these guys, they know how to have fun. In an attempt. Remember I was saying earlier, sometimes in the, when the storm starts to rage around us, our first instinct is to get out, right? I need to get out of here. You ever been in, like, in a situation like that where things start to brawl up? People start to brawl and you're like, I need to get out of here. No? Yeah. I know I found myself in places where I shouldn't have been and the brawl started to happen. I was like, what the heck? We better get out of here. Our first instinct is to escape. So there's these guys on the boat and they're like, guys, we got to get out of this mess. This guy's crazy. He don't know what he's talking about. Take courage. Get, let's fly. It says, in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea. They're trying to sneak around trying to sneak around and get out jump ship jesus didn't call us to jump ship our heavenly father didn't call us to jump ship church are you listening he's calling you and i during the storms of this world during the storms of life for you and i to remain for you and i to stay put for you and i to trust in him even when it's difficult to trust when that ship starts to get thrashed up and it looks like because the whole thing was going to get destroyed. He told them this whole thing is going to get destroyed. He told them you got to read the story, but read it on your own time. And an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let down the lifeboat into the sea. Watch what it says. Pretending, <laughs> pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. We'll be right back. We're just going to lower some anchors. 
Anybody ever leave you hanging? Anybody ever you leave, leave you hanging? You, I hope you don't have friends like that. If you have friends that leave you hanging, stick with Jesus. <laughs> stick with Jesus. Okay? If you got friends that are questionable in your life and they're just going to leave you hanging when you need them the most, come on. They said, we're coming right back. <laughs> but Paul sees what's happening and he goes and he tells the captain, hey, hey, you got to tell the crew, we got to stick together. Watch what he says. Put it back up there. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay. Your Bible translation might say, unless they remain. Unless they remain. Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. That's messed up because everything around them was starting to fall apart. Everything around them looked completely contrary to what he was telling them. He was telling them to take courage. These guys weren't novices on the oceans. These guys weren't first-time sailors. They had seen storms before, but this storm may have been so crazy and so out of control that they were saying, we got to get out of here. We've seen this happen before. We're not going to make it. If we don't get out of this ship now, he's telling them, hey, guys, unless you stay, we're not going to get saved. You're crazy, Paul. Many times, that's the voice that we hear. Get out. Get out of here. Go. Go back. Go back to what you used to do. It's easier. Do you know that for many of us, because we don't know how to live in the freedom that Jesus Christ offers, we prefer to live a life enslaved because that's what we're used to, because that's what we know. And so it's easier to navigate what I know. Pastor, I know how to live like this. Pastor, I know how to navigate this. Pastor, I know how to get through my everyday life with a little drink. I, every day. Sometimes in the morning, sometimes at noon, sometimes in the evening, sometimes all day long. This is what I know. But when God calls us out of that and he gives us a new life, we say, what do I do here? I don't know how to navigate these waters. I don't know how to live this way. Let me just go back. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to get out of this because I know how to live like that. We've all been there. But if we remain, say that with me, remain. I need to stay put. Some, come on, say it with me. I need to stay put. I need to stay right where I'm at. I need to stay grounded in Jesus. Anything else, I'm not going to make it. We're not going to make it unless we stay, unless we remain. So I found something that was really cool right here. The word that's used here for remain is meno in the Greek. This word meno can mean so many different things. It can mean to stay put where we're at. But watch this. It could also mean to abide. Have you ever thought of the word abide and what that means? To abide is to like have prosperity. To abide is to have life. To abide is to have everything at the table that Jesus has set before you and I. To abide in Jesus, to remain in Jesus, 
means that he gives us the power. Means that he gives you and I the power. Are you listening to me? To be able to weather the storm. Not to jump ship, not to bail out, but he's given you and I the abilities to tell the storms to shut up. He's given you and I the ability to stand our ground in Jesus' name. To abide in him, to remain in him. It doesn't just mean, it's not just something positional. It's not just something that is for that place and for that moment, although it could be. But he's saying, I want you to be there because that's where I'm going to bless you. That's where I'm going to give you favor. That's where I'm going to grow you. That's where I'm going to strengthen you. Stay put where you're at. Remain in me, he says, and you're going to see much fruit. So I thought about that and I said, well, let me check that out. John 15, right? The vine, the branches, you guys all remember that? If you don't, I hope you're writing these verses down and go back and read them. But Jesus tells his disciples, remain in me and then what and i will remain in you and he gives this whole illustration on how he is the vine right and we are the branches that grow from that vine right and that his father is the vine dresser in other words he comes and he prunes but the same word that is used there next 27, when he says to stay put, to remain, is the same word in John when Jesus says, remain in me. He says, stay right here because this is the only place that you are going to be able to weather this storm. This is the only place that you are going to find favor. This is the only place that you are going to find the power to be able to overcome. As we remain in Christ, we can endure the storm. As I conclude today, I want to tell you a quick story. I was about 11, 10, 11 years old. Growing up in Arizona, my, you know, out there for fun, at least in Yuma, Phoenix is a little bigger. But growing up, all we had was the Colorado River. And even then, that was dangerous because the currents, I had a friend pass away. He drowned in the Colorado River when I was a kid because the currents were so strong. So when we would go, we'd play in the areas where there were sandbars and we stay close to shore. But we had a lot of fun. If you ever been to the river, I mean, it's fun. Nowadays, they have paddleboarding there and kayaks and all this stuff. So it's like a whole attraction. But we also loved and grew up riding ATCs. Y'all know what an ATC is? I just said, y'all, I don't know why. I'm not from Texas, but my father-in-law is. Yeah. <laughs> y'all know what an ATC is? Okay. It's a off-road motorcycle, three-wheeler. So I had an ATC. My friends had quads. We had just come back from riding. I had a fun day. And it was the summertime. Middle of the summer. Out there we get monsoon season. We have them here too. Right now, I think Big Bear is getting hit with some thunderstorms. Monsoons would bring high winds, lots of rain. But a lot of times, the winds came before the rain. That particular day, we were home. I was getting my ATC off the, off the back of my dad's 71 Chevy. He had a cool 71 Chevy. And I remember still, it was red and white. And it had three gas tanks. I wish I had that truck today. Especially the prices that he, we had back then. This is like 1985, okay? 1985. I have this 1985 
ATC. It's a 110. I'm pulling it off the truck. And as I'm dropping it off the truck, uh, it had these big uh, tires. So I would just drop it. Like, I would pull it as far back as I could. And once I got far enough, it just, boom, it was awesome. And all of a sudden, the light in the sky changed colors to, like, from a bright, sunny, you know, just bright, sunny summer day to this orange glow. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I started to kind of like, what, what is this? I've never, I hadn't seen that. All of a sudden, I look behind me, and I see this big wall of some orange. And I didn't know what it was at first. And all of a sudden, the wind started picking up. The wind starts picking up, and I realize this is a wall of sand coming our way. And I thought to myself, my Lord, it's about to get crazy. My dad comes out, roll up the windows. Well, we had several cars in our backyard. And in the summer, we had our windows rolled down. It's too hot to keep. If you kept them closed, your windows would get shattered, okay? You didn't leave anything in the car. Cassette tapes, eight tracks. <laughs> it would melt. Yes, that's what we listened to back then. Young people, like today, you probably don't even know what an eight track is. I never even seen one. This wind started picking up. The dust was getting in our eyes. We couldn't even see. I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to freak out. What's going on, Dad? It's una tormenta, I says. I said, okay. Roll all the windows up. Start, get the dog inside. And that was the first for me. We never had inside dogs. I didn't know what an inside dog was. Doberman Pinchers, that's all I ever had. Boxers, those dogs were outside dogs. My dad said, get the dog inside. I was like, what? Get the birds inside. Mexicans, we have parakeets, right? Parrots. We had it all. So are you guys laughing? You guys have birds too? Okay, see? So this storm starts to pick up. We go inside. I'm looking out in the front window. We had this huge window. Very old school, okay? All the window panes made out of real thin little strips of wood. Big from top to bottom. And it had a bunch of window panes. And I'm standing there watching this storm just pick up and get even crazier. And all of a sudden, right there in the front yard, one of our little trees just said, now it's raining, wind, everything lightning it's now it's not bright anymore it's dark it is dark late afternoon now and all of a sudden i see this tree pastor got uprooted it had gotten so soaked and the wind was just bending it and all of a sudden i just saw it fly and i was like oh there goes our tree and then i'm looking and i start to see the front window start to bend in towards me and i said dad actually apa that was they're more correct. Okay. And he's like, ¿Qué pasó? I said, Dad, check it out. And he comes and water's starting to trickle in. And he sees the window panes. And he's like, put your hands on it. I'm like 11, 10 years old. And my dad's telling me to put my hands on the window, right? I just do what my dad says. We didn't think about dangerous stuff back then. It was just. And then he starts telling me, if that window breaks and that wind comes in, it's going to create a suction. And there goes our roof. So all I kept thinking about, I don't want to lose this roof, right? Now the whole roof is on my shoulders. And I said, Dad, there's more water coming in. At this point, I'm standing there trying to hold the, where the little pieces of little strips of wood met. 
I'm holding it. Water's trickling down my arms. I'm soaked. And then I see dad, the bottom ones, the bottom ones. Pone la rodilla. Put your knee on it. So now I'm standing there like this, trying to hold our roof together, our house, everything about our house. And then I'm seeing, guys, I'm seeing pieces of people's roof flying through the street. And I said, Lord, I started calling Lord Jesus. And my, my grandma and my mom, very Pentecostal, old school, anytime something bad happens, la sangre de Cristo, okay? The blood of Jesus. So I'm like 10 years old, right? I never called La Sangre de Cristo before. Oh, wait, I forgot to translate. That means the blood of Jesus. So I'm standing there holding this window up, and I'm starting to say, I didn't want to say it loud, but I was like 10 years old. La Sangre de Cristo, La Sangre de Cristo. And I'm looking out, and I'm seeing roofs go by. I'm seeing, I was like, people's stuff from their yards is flying. And I'm just like, Lord Jesus, please don't let this window come down. My pants are soaked. My arm is soaked. Thank the Lord it finally passed. It was gone. The worst was over. Telephone poles had been split like toothpicks throughout the city. Our church, when we went to go see, the, that was my dad's first thing. We didn't even go around the house to see if everything was okay. Vamos a la iglesia. Vamonos a la iglesia. And I was like, Dad, let's go check on, you know. No, no, no. Vamonos a... The, the, the guitars were floating Ugo, the bass, the guitars, guys, were floating. <laughs> the water had come up to the pews. Everything was, it was a, that, that day was a disaster. But I learned, I learned something that day as a 10-year-old. That when the storms of life come, you and I have a responsibility to remain where God has called us to remain. To abide in him, he says, and he will abide with us. But you and I have to stand our ground. What has he called us to be carriers of today? What has he called you and I to be spreaders of today? As you stand with me and as we close out this service, I want to challenge you today to decide, to plan, to have the forethought now. Lord, I know the storms are going to come. Don't think, Lord, you're going to keep the storms away. No. Lord, when the storms come, say it just like that. Lord, when the storms come, when the storms come, give me, give me aguante. Say that one. <laughs> that means give me like the strength to stand, to be firm, to take courage to not jump ship but to know that you are with me he is right there I know you're going through something I know some of you are going through something Jesus is right there with you and he wants you to grow that faith to tell that storm shut up be calm that's you today and you need that prayer just raise your hands right there and surrender and say Lord I want to remain in you that you would remain in me Lord as we leave your house today as we dismiss 
I pray, Lord, that we would be faithful to you, that we would remain and abide in you, that as your presence is with us, whether we feel it or not, we would take courage to face any storm that would come our way. Be with us, Lord, as we navigate the waters of life, as we navigate the storms of life, Lord Jesus, that we would keep our hands raised in worship to you, that we would keep ourselves in that posture of worship spiritually, Lord, no matter what may come, Lord Jesus, that we would trust that you are with us and that you will be the one to save us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. God bless you, church.